Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. It is all presented by Coors Light. Glad to have you aboard. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. You can also interact with us on Twitter, hashtag Giants Chat. He is Jeff Fiegels. I'm Lance Meadow. We'll tackle an awful lot over this next hour. Ooh. Yesterday, Jeff, John and I got into, on NFL.com, they have the divisional rankings, and they broke down which divisions they think have more upside than the others. So we tackled a lot of the NFC. I'm curious your thoughts, and maybe we'll get a little bit more into the AFC, and also mm-hmm. quarterback depth charts, specifically in the NFC East. Josh McCown retired earlier this week who was in the league for 17 years. So this is the time of the year where you look at depth charts across the board, but I don't think there's ever enough talk about the backup quarterback position. And which teams <laughs> of course not. are in better shape than others. Who brought and this up, by the way? Who brought this up? Well, I brought this up. You, got, you, can, okay. you can blame me, yes. All right, I'm going to blame you on it. The, well, we, Let's we, talk about backup quarterbacks. <laughs> That's a great thing. Anything else going on uh, in the National Football League? Do you, you want know, to talk about backup quarterbacks? You know I wonder why. <laughs> You know the show is always off to a good start when one of the co-hosts is poo-pooing on one of the subjects. I guess we'll start with the divisional breakdown because you can tell Jeff's excitement is through the roof when it comes to backup quarterbacks. Later on, by the way, we'll get to backup kickers and punters. I'm sure there are none. There are none. That's why. Yes, the imaginary depth chart. But, but you need them, by the way. You do. You and need it is somebody on standby. And as much as we do make fun of it, it is an important. It's a. It's important because. They're one play away from getting in there, and whether a team wants to go with a rookie or an inexperienced guy or, like you said, a Josh McCown who has spent 17 years in the league as basically a backup quarterback, um, you know, yeah, he might have started a few games here and there, but the fact is is that they are important. So him being out of the league, you've got Fitzgerald who's um, – what's it? Not Fitzgerald. I mean um, – Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, who is, you know, the other guy that's going to be – well, that'll be interesting to see what happens down there. But the fact is is that you do need them. And so it is, I guess it is a relative point to talk about them a little bit. I don't know a lot of the names. I'm sure that once we, if we went through them, we would recognize some of them. Well, but it's funny you mention that. Yeah, look at that? what I have on the computer screen. Oh, there Jeff, we go. I have an entire breakdown God. just for you. By the way, Lance, Lance is, is a tremendous <laughs> at his preparation and his numbers and stuff like that. He's not married. He lives alone. <laughs> oh, he has no dogs. He works. He has a lot of time to do all this I'm stuff. I'm out, guys. Have a good yeah, show. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> but... More importantly, he's my man. He's my partner. We are the, the guys during the season, so I, I just love what he does. So I'm not knocking it. As no, I, no, I'm no, actually, I, it's I actually, take offense to it at all. It actually is it's very important because he makes my job a lot easier during the season and, of course, makes our jobs a lot easier during the offseason when he's able to go and look at all of it. Because this is your writing. I know that you typed this stuff in here. I did indeed. Yes. So. Absolutely. Now, in fairness, this was related to somewhat that I was talking about just now on Sirius XM NFL Radio because I ran from That's one okay. studio to another. And literally, he did run in but the door, <laughs> which I said to, to Lance, you know, because Lance is always early. He's, he's always early. He's, he's there on time. And I, and I got here. I'm pretty early most of the time. And I got here, and Lance wasn't here. I was like, okay, he's either something in the bathroom yeah. or something, but I didn't see his computer. And that was a dead giveaway. Correct. Yeah, that's always a signal. And then that's here right. comes Lance I running in, and I've never yeah. seen Lance running to a show before. <laughs> Well, normally, to your point, I've already settled in. This was a little bit different. We were running up against the clock. But when you look at the NFC East, because I think that's what fans are most interested in compared to the rest of the NFL landscape, you've got the Redskins and the Giants who are preparing and grooming first-round picks this and year. And one of them is going to play before the other. In all likelihood, Dwayne Haskins more so than Daniel Jones. And we'll see because, interestingly, by the way, connected to the Redskins, they're 
is reports out there that Eric Flowers, by the way, is in play for the starting left guard spot in Good. Washington. Good. So, so well, they're going to move him inside. Something correct. that it, it has been talked about for a long time when he was here. But look, I guess obviously they've seen that he can't play tackle. So might as well move him inside. And it might be, listen, the guy is a big man. Okay, and, and there is some talent there, so maybe this is a move that will help him. I don't know, so we'll see. Well, time will certainly tell, but they're in a position because of some injuries that they've suffered in previous years and the fact that Trent Williams, who would be playing next to Eric Flowers at left tackle, there's been speculation yeah. that you know there's distrust between him and the medical team or he wants more money. Read into the speculation as you wish, but can you imagine, Jeff, if Washington is put in a position where either they part ways with Trent Williams or he refuses to play and you'll have a new left tackle and then Eric Flowers playing at a new position and you put in Dwayne Haskins behind them? Good. <laughs> well, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Eagles will certainly not be complaining. But yeah. it, it's just it's never a road that I think any team wants to be put in, especially before the season even starts. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're Gruden, you're sitting there going, "Oh, please, not again!" This because they they have been just riddled with injuries over the fast plat, fast the past few years. They really have, um, unfortunately, and fortunately for the Giants, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's tough. Uh, listen, I, I I know that a lot of the callers are going to agree with me or listeners. Eric Flowers is done playing left or right tackle in the National Football League. He just can't do it. He just doesn't have the technique. He doesn't have the work. He can't do it. So this is his last-ditched effort to see a number one draft pick to move him inside where he'll have help on both sides to see if it might help him. But, yeah, so anyway. So who's the backup down there? So give me some backup quarterback down in um, – in Washington. In Washington, well, you have Case Keenum, who they acquired from the Broncos. Colt McCoy is still there. Okay, so that's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting competition. A lot, you know, not a lot like what's going on here. You have Case Keenum, who is a veteran, who's a who went to Denver with a lot of money, a lot of promise, didn't do anything, but you know, so that'll be a good competition. I think there's more of a propensity for Case Keenum, <clears throat> excuse me, and those and Dwayne Haskins to get into a quarterback controversy there you know what i'm saying like I th if those guys were very even i i wouldn't it wouldn't doubt i wouldn't doubt to see if case keenum beat out him right away but yeah. i think haskins would come in and play i think we're gonna see haskins play whether he's gonna start this year or he's gonna be on the field where daniel jones and eli manning is a little bit different um 100 so i so from a standpoint there i think you are gonna see both of those guys somewhere down the line at, at Washington. I think you summed it up right on point, Jeff. I think that there's much more likelihood of debate with the Redskins correct. about who should be the That's weak correct. starter yeah. versus the Giants. There's not debate. We, we know the roles. It's more of development, getting Daniel <clears throat> Jones ready, as opposed to Washington. If Haskins wows them, let's say in the preseason, Case Keenum's not the long-term answer. It doesn't mean that he's not a serviceable quarterback and mm -hmm. can't produce. It's just if they feel that they want to go in the younger direction, I don't think that would be a stunning development for the uh, sake of the right. Not at all. Not at all. So... Colt McCoy, Case Keenum, your two veterans, Dwayne Haskins, the rookie. Of course, they still have Alex Smith, but because of that serious leg injury, in all likelihood, he's going to spend the entire year on IR. So let me quick question. So those are those are two. Um, and listen, I, I I believe that McCoy and and Keenum are they could be a starter in this league, but not a not a perennial starter. And I think that those two. I don't think they're going to keep all three of those guys. So my point is, is that there's a veteran. We were talking about which, like with, with Kate, with McCown, with him um, retiring, 
you're going to have some veteran quarterbacks out there that teams will be looking at to get. There may be one coming out of Washington, possibly. Well, why do you feel, though, I'm just curious, why do you feel like they'll part ways with one of them? Because I guess if, if, if I'm thinking Alex Sorry. Smith goes on IR. Well, that's fair about whether or not they want to keep a Case Keenum and a Colt McCoy in the roster. Though last season they had Alex Smith and Colt McCoy, but Alex Smith's contract doesn't disappear. They still have that on the books this year That's on top saying, of everyone yeah. else. So you know what? The more and more I think about it, Jeff, you do bring up a really good point. Maybe they will decide that Dwayne Haskins is suitable to be a backup and Case Keenum, Haskins. They also have Josh Woodrum, who, if you remember, was briefly on the Giants roster a few years ago when he was signed as an undrafted free agent. And they may part ways with one of those veterans to give themselves some financial flexibility. Yeah, you never know. So, no, so, so there is one guy point. that may be a veteran backup quarterback, since we're on this topic, that could be floating around that somebody could be interested in. Well, I will say this. Cole McCoy's had opportunities over the years. Yep. You could do a lot worse than Cole McCoy as your backup quarterback. No he question. is more than serviceable. I mean, I remember him actually playing a game in Dallas a few years ago where he kept the Redskins right in the thick of things. No question. He's definitely a serviceable yeah. quarterback, um, backup guy that gets you from three, four games in the league. You know, is it 16? Probably not. But that's what... That's what the, that's what the veteran backup is all about. A guy like Case Keenum, a guy like McCoy, a guy like um, Fitzpatrick. You, these guys are well. Now Fitzpatrick is, I, I think, is a little bit borderline more of a. He's a starter slash backup. I mean, he but fits he, both roles. He could, but I mean, the guys I'm talking about earlier, these are the guys that team would would take. They would love to have if something happened where they didn't have that kind of depth. Like for instance, Pat Shermer wants a veteran backup. That's why Alex Tanney's here. Okay. Um, if they could get a Colt McCoy for the same price as an Alex Tanny, Colt McCoy would be here. Case Keenum would be here because he has some experience with Pat Shermer. So it's just all a big game and how it goes. So anyway, so off topic a little bit there, but I mean, no, hey. but relatable to, I think what all teams are trying to do. I think most teams, if you ask them, they love the luxury of a veteran quarterback, but as you mentioned, veteran quarterbacks are not on rookie contracts. So sometimes mm -hmm. you got to pay them good money. I remember related to your point, Jeff, if you remember when the Cowboys brought in Kyle Orton a few seasons mm -hmm. ago, he backed up Tony Romo. They were paying Kyle Orton about, I want to say, $5 million yeah, or something, yeah, which absolutely. is a lot of money yeah. for a backup quarterback. Yep, yep. And that, to your point, you know, that takes up a lot of salary cap space that you could wind up grabbing an extra linebacker, grabbing an extra wide receiver. But you, you don't, if you have the luxury and can carry some of that cap money, then you, that's good. If you don't, like like the Redskins, they, they Alex Smith's salary is still on the books. Um Dwayne Haskins is, is luckily he's a rookie first rounder. It's not going to cost you a lot of money to have him. Okay. But then when Colt McCoy comes in or any other veteran backup, like, like you said, these guys are going to be five, $6 million a year. Um, it's going to cost you. So we'll see what happens. The Eagles are an intriguing situation, Jeff, okay. because Nick Foles is not there. Yep. He goes to Jacksonville. Carson Wentz has had some yep. injury problems. Nate Sudfeld, who's a former Redskins young prospect who the Redskins parted ways with, and I think right now they wish they still had him under the circumstances. Sudfeld now moves up the depth chart. They also have Cody Kessler and Clayton Thorson, who was drafted out of Northwestern. So 
Hmm. Remember, with the Eagles' injury history, Foles hmm. had been banged up over the years, Carson Wentz. You're at Philadelphia. You know that's an important position. This is an intriguing prospect in Nate Sudfeld because Sudfeld's been on the roster for a few seasons. He knows the system. The only thing lacking with Sudfeld is he just hasn't had a lot of game okay. experience. Well, I, obviously the coaching staff knows what he can do, even though it hasn't been in a game. He's been around the system for a couple of years, which, which probably – Builds a little confidence in the head coach if you know that the guy's been there. However, if Carson Wentz gets hurt, is he going to be able to come in and do what, what they need him to do, win games? Um, so this is a very intriguing situation, in my opinion, for Philadelphia to go out there. And if they don't like what they have behind them, they need to find a guy like Colt McCoy or somebody that we just talked about. There's going to be others that are going to be available after the season uh, when the season begins. But again, it's going to cost them some money. Now listen, the Philadelphia Eagles are a very well-run organization. They will be able to somehow hammer it out to be able to get a quarterback in here if they needed one. Because, I, I listen, I'm, you're putting all your eggs in one basket with Carson Wentz. He's coming off you know, these knee surgeries. He's not, they're not, and you never know. Too. So that is a little bit of a surprising move to me that you don't see a, a, a very well-known name behind him. And we don't. I mean, you mentioned those names. that They're not household names. Well, Doug Peterson, since he took over as coach, he had Nick Foles. He had, remember, Chase Daniel, of who's course, now the yeah. backup for the Bears, all because he worked with those guys. Yeah. So I think part of what I think the Eagles looked at is they said, okay, well, if somebody's going to back up Carson Wentz, it should be somebody that's been in the system a few years well, got that. as opposed to somebody who's a veteran who we're just going to bring in because at least I guess they're saying to themselves, Nate Sudfeld, he's been in the classroom. He knows the ins and outs of the offense. I think this preseason is extremely important to mm -hmm. a guy like Nate Sudfeld, Jeff, because as you mentioned, okay, now let's get him the on-field experience. So in the event Carson Wentz has to miss some time, Nate's not getting out there for literally the first time ever with Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. going to be extremely critical this preseason. Well, I think it just goes to show you the confidence that, um, that they have in him. To, to be able to make him the backup quarterback. So, you know, and you're hoping that nothing happens to the quarterback and your starter. And if it does, then you have your confidence in this guy. So, And then lastly, the Dallas Cowboys behind Dak Prescott. Also, some unproven commodities. You got Cooper Rush, and he's been on the roster. And then Mike White, uh, a young quarterback, too. So, you know, all of these teams, the, the reason we're bringing this up and the reason we're having this conversation I think from a big-picture perspective, Jeff, when Giants fans focus on their team, it, it's very easy from a fan standpoint to just look at it in a vacuum, in a bubble. But you know what? When you start to look at the rest of the league and other teams, you realize you know, everybody else doesn't have this, the luxury of a great depth chart, right? It, teams have question marks at quarterback. Teams have question marks at wide receiver. The Redskins come to mind there. So I, I think it's important for any fan of any team don't just look at your team. I understand you're passionate about your team, but when you figure, you know, oh, I wish my team did this differently, well, look at the rest of the division. I think when you look at the rest of the division, you say, not saying that the Giants are going to cruise through the division. The point is, I don't see the Cowboys, Eagles, and Redskins having veterans upon veterans behind mm -hmm. every position. That, that's my main point here. Well, also goes to show you that the Giants are in a pretty good pitch position at the quarterback. Compared to the rest of the division. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, because you've got your rookie quarterback who you're grooming. You've got Alex Tanney, who has been in the system, who has been with a variety of teams. He's a veteran. And you have Kyle Oletta, who also was in the system last year. So you have some options. You have some familiarity. 
productivity is a completely different story. There's still a lot of unproven commodities, but compared to the rest of the division, I don't think the Giants are at a disadvantage, at least in the quarterback department. Not not even close. I mean, you look at all the other teams we just mentioned. There isn't. I mean, where was Case Keenum and Colt McCoy drafted? I don't know if they were first-rounders, but they certainly weren't the sixth pick in the draft. Um, you go, you look at Washington. Alex Smith was, but he's not playing. Um, but you know, and then you look at the other guys. And Dak that Prescott there. was a fourth rounder. So you know, and one thing about Dak, he he does, he is a healthy guy. He doesn't get hurt a lot. So I think that that that's a good thing for Dallas when you look at his health and and how he goes about. Plus, um, you know, he's 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 on the verge of getting a new contract. So huge year um, for him. So we're gonna see there. And I, I I'm that Dallas doesn't impress me much with the backup position either. So. Um, the, these teams are, you have to put a lot of faith in that your quarterback is going to stay healthy. And that's why you look at teams like the Green Bay Packers, you look at the Bears in previous years, how much they've lost Aaron Rodgers and Jay Cutler respectively, and it's no coincidence when those teams didn't win the division, what is it connected to? If you don't have an established quarterback, you're going to be in trouble. And Look at, look at the 49ers. The Niners lose Jimmy Garoppolo last season. I mean, not to say they were an 11-win team, but but Nobody. listen, the, the guy won Things seven, dramatically changed. I mean, big yeah. time. And, and you know what? It's funny you brought up the Niners, Jeff, because I put a chart together of every team. I would argue the Niners actually are in a pretty good shape because C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins at least have some Holy experience. Holy they played a lot last right? year. Correct. You don't yeah. feel as if you're throwing some young guy into the fire compared to some other teams. Case in point, we brought up the Packers, and we'll get to your phone calls here in a second, but this is, once again, putting things into perspective. If they lose Aaron Rodgers at all this season, this is what Green Bay's working with, Jeff. Deshaun <laughs> Kaiser, who was the former Browns quarterback, Notre Dame guy, okay, Tim Boyle is behind him. If you don't know who he is, I don't blame you. And then Manny Wilkins is behind Tim Boyle. That's the Green Bay Packers. Is situation. Manny Wilkins a baseball player? <laughs> it, it sounds, sounds like, like a right? baseball. Player. Or it's Dominique Wilkins and Gerald Wilkins, <laughs> long lost brother, in the NBA. Okay, wow. so Green Bay's one. I wanted to bring up, and then it gets better. Look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh well, okay. listen. <laughs> I mean, we're no longer Blaine Gabbert. So well, correct. No, right. well, I'm not complaining about Nick Foles. I'm talking about if Foles gets banged up. Okay. Gardner Minshew, who they just drafted. Behind Gardner Minshew, Tanner Lee, once again, if you don't know who he is, I don't blame you, and Alex Miguel. No, no. That's who's behind the Jacksonville Jaguars. Some of these teams are, I mean, they're saying their thoughts and prayers that their quarterback stays fully healthy. Every team's in that position, but at least other teams you feel, hey, you know what? If our starter misses a game or two, we think mm -hmm. we're going to be in good shape. Well, listen— there's a reason why quarterbacks make 25 and $30 million a year. Well said. Case in point, okay? There's also a reason that Nick Foles, playing behind Carson Wentz, was making $11, $11 million $11, a year. $11, that'd be trouble. But yeah. $11 million a year. Yeah. They, there are certain teams that, that stress the importance of having a guy at a backup position that could derail your season if, he, if the starter gets hurt. I, I hate to say it. But some of these teams we just mentioned, I mean, look at the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers. I mean, they have they have a they drafted a quarterback this year. Okay, they there might be in a good position to have someone come in. It's like almost like a Daniel Jones situation, but not as good as that. But my point to this is that some of these teams have pretty good teams, and if their quarterback, their starting quarterback, and there's no death behind them, they're in trouble. They are in trouble. Okay, so. You look at the, the NFC East and go down there. I think the Eagles are not, not in a great shape. I think the Cowboys aren't in a good shape, and neither are the Redskins. Okay? So 
What do we do? I guess we hope that all the starters starters get hurt in the NFC East then. <laughs> you know? Well, there have been some injuries over the last few seasons. There always so, is. And that's why I think this conversation is relevant because look at Washington last year. Unfortunately, Alex Smith, a Horrible. gruesome injury. I mean, you yeah. never wish that upon anybody. But when the Giants played them the second time, things were much different, right? I mean, Mark Sanchez, Josh Johnson, the Giants have played the Eagles. Sometimes it's been Carson Wentz. Sometimes it's been Nick Foles. And mm-hmm. the Cowboys, as you mentioned, Dak has held up. But even when Tony Romo was the quarterback, how many times, Jeff, did the Giants see a different quarterback? Lots. For Dallas. So, you know, that's also another reason, by the way, Eli Manning, listen, you hate him, you love him, it's irrelevant. The luxury the Giants have had, I don't think, Jeff, people understand. Well, they don't. They They, don't. They just don't. They don't don't get it. You talk about taking for granted. That's that's the word. I mean, you're just kind of, you don't, it's one of those cliches, you don't know how good you have it till it's gone, right? Yeah. That's the case here. You don't know how good you've had it until Eli is gone, all right? You're going to get a new guy in here that's going to go through growing pains. And I, I, you know, maybe he's a pro bowler the first year he starts to play. I don't know. I hope so. But I can tell you from history, he's not. He's going to be a tough go. And then you just hope that he can kind of carry on like Eli did and just do half of the stuff that Eli did because it is a tough position to play. It is. That's the one. Again, that's why you make all the money. The quarterbacks make all the money in this league. And there's a reason why. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. Hashtag Giants Chat. Send in your tweets. We'll mix those in as we make our way to 1 p.m. Eastern. Let's open up the phone lines now. We check in with Easton, who is in Maine. Easton, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hi, Easton. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Good. Well, Easton. What's happening? Not too much. Hey, uh, just wondering if you guys, uh, Lance, do you know who's still available for free agents for uh, uh, the defensive line, if there's anybody out there that you guys think uh, might be able to help the Giants out? Well, let me ask you this first, and I'll look it up because, I, I mean, I don't know everybody off There's the top of There's not many left. And certainly, if you're expected to grab a playmaker at that position, I think that may be wishful thinking. But my follow-up question, Easton, is why do you feel that you want to go out and grab a veteran free agent who may not have a lot of gas in the tank as opposed to just continue to develop what's currently on the roster? Right. No, it was just more of a curiosity. I got you. I guess, more than anything else. Now, are you, just out of curiosity, are you referring to, is it defensive tackle or defensive end? That is what your priority is when it comes to free agency. Yeah, more of a pass rusher. Pass rusher, Mm -hmm. so that's what you're looking for. All right, I'm going to bring up the list. I'll let you know if there's anybody that jumps off the page here. I mean, here's the list, Jeff. I'll even bring it up for you if there's any name that jumps out to you. Well. (laughs) <laughs> you want to bring him there back. There you go. If we're looking for some Giants connections. Uh, Jihad Ward is somebody that has been with a few teams, uh, the Raiders and the Colts. You know, he's somebody that, you know, if he doesn't get signed, I, I think that may be somebody you want to look at. Derek Shelby, uh, Falcons and the Dolphins throughout his career. That would be another name. Uh, Deion Jordan, high pick for the Dolphins mm-hmm. with the Seahawks most recently. Frosty Cody Ealy, Frosty Rucker. I mean, there's guys that have been with a few teams, to answer your question, Easton. Do do I think they're difference makers? No. I would say if you were a GM and you looked at this list, Jeff, and then you looked at what's currently on your roster, my priority would be I want to see what Marcus Golden brings me. I want to develop Lorenzo Carter. I want to see what O'Shane Zimmon is. I'd rather give them the reps in training camp in the preseason, Jeff, than roll the dice with an additional sure. veteran here. Yep. And I think you're building okay. depth. I think your question is can we build some depth maybe? 
But uh, the, the answer is that what Lance said, you got to work with the guys you have here because obviously they believe in the guys that are here. There's a reason why a lot of these guys that are still on the street aren't signed yet. Okay. Yeah. My other question, too, was just more about Marcus Golden. I haven't heard much, too much about him. I'm wondering, do you guys think that he could possibly be a, a guy that could be their number one pass rusher? Absolutely. There's no question. I mean, listen, the guy was really good two years ago, and I, I know, Lance, you know the stats probably better than I do, but I, he had double – did he have double – Twelve and a half sacks. Twelve and a half sacks. And then he got hurt and had an ACL. So last year he, you know, he, he was building that back, and they say that an ACL injury – you kind of come back the second year after the original injury is really when you start to play a little bit better. So I think the Giants are looking for that kind of production. Plus, you're getting a guy that's played in Betcher's defense before. So that's another plus. Um, but the answer to your question is absolutely yes. He could be your guy. And what I would okay. what I would add to that, Easton, is they need him to be the guy, especially well, with yeah. a lot of young and unproven commodities. I mean, how refreshing would it be? And appreciate the phone call, Easton. Thanks so much for Thanks, weighing Easton. in. And, and you summarized his outlook right on point there, Jeff. He got hurt in 2017, mm -hmm. early in the season. 2016 was the breakout year, 12 and a half sacks. So last year was his first full year back, but... To your point, sometimes it takes that second year mm -hmm. till you get your legs fully under you. So this is the year that you would pinpoint, okay, maybe he can tap back in to that 2016 production. But the reason why I say, and I'm not saying that it only has to come from him. I look at it more of a team effort. But, you know, Lorenzo Carter is only entering year two, Jeff. Okay, so how much of a significant jump is he going to make? I, I think expectations need to be realistic. O'Shane Zimenez has yet to play one NFL snap. Sure. Okay, so Golden is not just bringing the upside. He's bringing a bulk of the experience, too. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget about that. And, as you mentioned, familiarity with the scheme. So, as he's trying to break back out, he also at least is going back into a system where he had his top season. Yeah, but I, I think that Lorenzo Carter can also have a breakout season this year, too. I mean, you learn, you have experience in your rookie year. You, you get a lot of stuff thrown at you. Um, and then you get a chance to, as the season is over, to reflect on that and get and try to attack things that you want to get better at. And I'm sure that James Betcher has had this conversation with him, uh, Lorenzo Carter, many times. Listen, this is you're out of position here. You need to do this, this, and this. And these are the things where I want you to improve on. Um, you know, does it get a little bit bigger um, in the weight room? Does it get stronger? Is it you need to play this technique a little bit better than you did last year? These are all things that he's going to build upon and start to work on these in training camp and preseason. I'm looking for a big year out of him. I really am. Okay, not not to say that he's going to lead the team in sacks. I kind of, if he does, that's great. But I think he has the propensity to really have a breakout year here in his second year. Now, second years are usually they're sometimes they're sophomore slumps or for a reason. But I don't think the game is. Remember where he came from. We said this last year as a rookie that the game isn't too big for Lorenzo Carter coming out of the Southeast Conference of Georgia. So I don't think that the sophomore slump is going to hit him like it would somebody else that didn't, you know. But I, th I know that the guy is a very mature individual. I'm very impressed with him, and I'm looking for a nice season out of him. Well, and the other thing related to that, Jeff, is Carter, they moved along slowly. It wasn't as if he was just that's like correct. thrown right into the mix. So that's why I would agree with you. I don't think there's the concern about the sophomore slump because, if anything, they were slowly tapping into his potential late last season, the San Francisco game, if you remember, and he was asked to cover the running back off the wheel route and did a really good job in coverage down the field. So that was when you started to see them expanding his usage. So if they were doing 
doing that towards the second half of the season, it's almost like the first few games of this year is the true second half of his rookie campaign. Oh, sure. To a certain yeah. degree. Yeah, it could be. Um, familiarity with the off with the defense is going to help him. Um, the speed of the game, he now understands it a little bit better. And um, for any player, for that matter, the second year is a lot easier. Um, you kind of understand, especially when you've been in a system and you're in the same coaching staff is still here. Um, and when you look at winning teams over the years, the staffs stick together and the t- players kind of stick. That, that's, that's, the, that's the developmental of a winning football team going forward is to try to keep the attrition down and keeping the guys in the same system playing along. Not to say, I mean, there's a lot of different people on this defense this year, but some of the core guys are still here, which is a good thing. Yeah, because that's why James Betcher is hoping everything they gained last year, now they're building off of it, as opposed to at this time last year, Jeff, they were starting from scratch. You had a few guys that knew Betcher, Kareem Martin, but now you figure everybody's at the same level of a Kareem Martin, and now you throw in Antoine Bethea and Marcus Golden and Olsen Pierre, and you figure, okay, can that take the defense to new heights? I mean, that's at least what they're banking on. But Golden and Carter, I agree with you. Those are the X factors. It's going to be very telling what they do to determine exactly how far this defense is going to go this season. No question. And I think, you know, you throw in Jabril Peppers in the mix here too because, you know, he's a very athletic Landon Collins, if you will. You know, they're both good tacklers. They're both very physical football players. Um, Jabril Peppers brings a little different element. He's a little more, he's a little more athletic. Okay. Um, he has ball hawking skills that are better than Landon Collins. And he also brings you a special teams component that he's going to be your punt returner. Um, so that's, that's a plus. And, but you add him into the, to the leadership, uh, point in far as being on the defense. It's another guy that's, it, he's, he's a leader on the field. He will be, he's a young guy. He's not afraid to stick his head in there and have people look up to him and, and be a leader. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. For those of you who can't get in via the phones, we'll try to get to as many tweets as we can, so continue to send them in. But right now, let's head back to the lines, and let's check in with Len in Columbia, Maryland. Len, what's happening? Hi, Len. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Hi, Len. Um, hey, the Eric, uh, the, uh, Eric Flowers situation down here in, in the Washington area, there, there was a story this morning about... Uh, the offensive line coach saying that uh, you know he you know he might work out at uh, at, at you know at the guard position. Uh, Jeff, they actually did try him for a week during OTAs at tackle and gave up pretty quickly, <laughs> and uh, quickly quickly moved him over to the guard position. Yeah. But you know, and you, and you both of you were talking about the situation that the Redskins are in. Uh, with that offensive line, with Williams holding out, and the possibility of Eric Flowers being being a guard, left guard, they they also have a problem at center. Uh, they're not they're not very confident in their starting center from last year either. So that that offensive line, particularly on the left side, and with the center position, could really could really be a problem for the Redskins. I I I. I could see them searching the waiver wire pretty pretty widely as uh, cuts start to happen. Well, their and, center and even, is... And, and even a possible trade. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead, Jeff. Th- their center is Chase Rulier, who's a young yeah. guy who was banged up last year. So, <clears throat> I mean, I would just argue there's just not a big sample size of his play out there. I-, I can understand that maybe the jury's still out. I believe Tony Bergstrom's still on the roster, too, who's a veteran center-slash-guard yes. who they yes. threw in last year because of injuries. 
So I agree with you, Len, from this standpoint. I'm not as overly concerned maybe as the chatter is down there about the center position, but if that left side it doesn't have Trent Williams, listen, it's bad yeah. enough that Trent Williams is going to have to line up next to Eric Flowers, and that's going to change the dynamics for Trent Williams. Because remember, yeah. you, you go from playing next to a veteran left guard, somebody you're familiar with, to now a new face who also is moving to a new position. But if Williams is not there on top of that, and they got to throw right. a young guy who they drafted out of Louisville, who's the backup left yeah. tackle. Yeah, that could be a very yeah. interesting season in Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure what what Williams is doing, and unless he's just you know he's talking loudly and trying to save himself with that with the knee problems that he's he had over the years. But it, it's it's it really is kind of a strange situation. I'm not, I'm you know I'm not sure why he's not there. Um, you know, Jeff, we've been talking about second-string quarterbacks. I hope you can hang with me on this. I'm, I'm going to throw out a couple of names that I have talked to Lance about mm-hmm. quite a while ago, back, back in February, who were actually third-string quarterbacks who, when I saw them play during the preseason, again, preseason, I, I thought they played pretty well. And one is the guy up in, up in New England, Etling, who in, uh, at the end of the preseason played against us and did very well at, you know, at MetLife in that last preseason game. And Minnesota has a guy who they're really very high on, a guy named Sloter, S-L-O-T-E-R. I think these guys are going to hang around the NFL for a while. They may not be longtime starters, but I think we're, if we have this conversation three or four years from now, I think, I hope, <laughs> um, I, I think those two guys are going to be at, at least in that backup, backup category. Um, I, th- I think both those guys can play. I, and I'm not sure there are 96 guys who can play quarterback in the NFL. That's how many will probably make rosters. But I, I think these two guys have, it, have a shot. Lance, a, a question on backup quarterbacks and even third-string quarterbacks, not throwing out any names, although some names may surface here. Um, these, these quarterbacks have to fit a system, don't they? I, I mean, what makes them attractive perhaps with a particular team is, is the fact that they can handle a particular system. What I'm thinking about is with the Ravens, you know, with Jackson now starting, their, their backup quarterback is Griffin, yeah. who is the same kind of player. That's fair. And, and even their third-string quarterback is the court, is Trace is, McSorley from Penn yeah, State, yeah, who's yeah, also a mobile guy. Penn State, yep. who also fits, perhaps fits into that same category. So is, is, that, an, is that an accurate statement that these – you know, they they may be in their position with this team because they fit a particular system. Sure, I mean, I, yeah, it has to be. I mean, listen, you're not gonna you're you're not gonna come out and if for some reason your first two quarterbacks go down, I'll give you the, the Baltimore example and Trace McSorley is your guy now, and he's a pure pocket passer. You basically eliminated most of your playbook now yeah, being able yeah, to run yeah, plays. Yeah, yeah. So you want to yeah, have some similarities. You want to but, have some similarities. That true? I mean, that, that's, that's probably the easiest example that we could have, sure. Jeff. But uh, w- would you say the same thing about, um, you know, other quarterbacks and other franchises? I mean, they, they pretty much... Well, look at Dallas. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, the coaches are confident that they can fit their system, fill, you know, and 100%. handle their playbook. Well, I mean, it, to me, that, that an accurate way to look at it? Well, yeah. Len, that, that would be a wasted roster spot if you don't have confidence that the guy could come in and at least run your system. But okay. I, I think there's exceptions to the rule because I think, for example, you'll bring in a quarterback, Jeff, and you've probably seen this more often than anybody else considering all the years you've been in the league and the teams, that if you just love a guy because he's been with you in a previous stint, right, and knows the system, he may not be a mobile quarterback, but you figure he's going to at least help the starter in the quarterback room. 
So you may bring him in for that sake. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it depends. Again, it's, uh, there's all these implications, you know, how much is he going to cost? Well, us of course, the, the things like that. But, but yeah. the bottom line is if you have familiarity with the player and you feel that he can help you more than on the field, but capable of doing what he has to do on the field, then right. you bring him in. I mean, I'll give right. you another example, Len, because like I said, Jeff and I were looking at a screen. I put together a list of every single quarterback depth chart. The Houston Texans, okay? Houston starts Deshaun Watson. Their backup right. quarterback is A.J. McCarron, who I think is a solid backup quarterback. He yeah. was banged up in Buffalo. He was traded to Oakland. Now he's in Houston. But McCarron yeah. physically can't do the same things that Watson can do from a running standpoint. I mean, I, I don't think they're similar in that regard, but... I think Bill O'Brien, the head coach of the Texans, feels as if McCarron's got upside, he can learn their system, and in the event Watson gets hurt, he'll be able to at least adapt to what they need to be competitive and try to win games. Let me let me ask, let me just Len, let me just one thing on that point. You have to understand that you, you as a as a head coach and as an offensive coordinator that implements an offense into a system, okay? You have you have your co- you have your starter. Okay, I'm staying with staying with Houston. Okay. Deshaun Watson knows how to run this offense, and he's going to have plays, okay, that AJ McCarron just can't run. However, O'Brien understands that if he gets hurt, I know that AJ McCarron can run this package in my offense, and so yeah, there's okay. your there's your there's your confidence level. It's not the whole playbook, okay, but yeah. you look at all the all the starters in the National Football League and the backups. There's probably not many of them that can do exactly what the starter is going to be able to do from from a personnel standpoint. They're not all alike, but they all have some similarities. So your confidence has to be there. That's just wanted yeah. to add that. That the bulk of the plays no. the backup yes, can run, not right. necessarily everything, but the bulk. Yeah. Um, uh, another point on McCarron. He reminds me. He's he's a pretty good quarterback. He is. He, he reminds me of a guy who, if we're having this conversation five years from now, his name's going to come up. I mean, he's still going to be around. Sure. I think this is a guy who, who you know, who is really good enough, and I, I mean that positively, to hang around this league for ten years. No question. I mean, I just you know, he's got that quality. Hey, Jeff, let me let me ask you a question about the specialists on the team. Are you are you comfortable where we are? Totally, hundred percent. Okay. Okay. Let me let me ask you a question about the Aussie. Um, when when you when you kicked in '07, mm-hmm. you you there were there were really two right. long snappers, weren't there? Well, there's a it, long snapper and a short snapper. Yeah. Okay. 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 That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> now, and the the um, the defensive lineman was the yeah. which which one was he, Jeff? It was um, hello. Um, you had Zach that was doing the long snapping, okay, right. and you had um, the defensive tackle. He works in the right. building, for God's sakes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Here. I know, I know. I can't pull. Back. I think it starts with an A. I can't pull back his name, but um, I'm bringing yeah, up the he, he was pretty good, and I, I think he hurt his knee or something. But boy, the other thing with him, and I know Jeff, you remember this because you were actually out on the field. Man, he made that sack of Brady in the fourth quarter. With the clock winding down, I cannot believe man. I'm not remembering oh, his Alfred, name. Alfred, 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 yeah, Jay Alfred. That's there we right, go, Jay yeah. Alfred. Okay, Jay yeah. Alfred. Yep. He, man, that was that was a huge defensive play. Let me tell you something about Jay Alfred that you didn't know, but I I, I found out very quickly. Okay. Zach Diossi is right-handed, and Jay Alfred was left-handed. <laughs> so oh, man, I so, didn't realize. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I would nice I would ball. equate it to maybe catch with a catcher in baseball that's a right-hander and a left-hander. Okay, the pitcher is going to figure that out sooner or later, quickly. Yeah. Well, snapping is the same thing. I remember when Jay first got here, and we were in minicamp, 
of the veteran minicamp when you, and he was, I was taking snaps from him and there was something wrong. I just couldn't figure it out. And then finally I realized this son of a gun is left-handed. No wonder I can't catch this thing. I was dropping the ball and it was crazy. It was, and I said to him, I said, listen, young guy, by the way, you're not going to change left-handed, but take a little of it off, right? You're throwing the thing back 150 miles an hour and it's left-handed. I'm not going to catch it. You're making me wow. look bad. Get out of here. Yeah. Well, that's, that's an interesting trivial point. It and is. I'm and glad, I'll tell you what, you and, and yeah. let me but tell you, one, you one have to get used to those. You it have to get to used me, to it. As, as long as she still gets the excitement of running down the field after he snaps the ball yeah, and trying to get involved in, in punt coverage, which he is really pretty good at and has yes. been for a number of years, I, he could probably hang on to his job for quite a long time. I, well, the thing about that is that's the truth, and Zach knows this because I've told him that's how I hung on to my job for so long, is that you just never want to outprice yourself in the market, okay? Don't get yeah. greedy. You know, if you got a great position on the team and you can play for 15, 20 years and making the money, you're doing it, and you can still yeah. be productive because you know this, Len, they're going to keep the best guy. All right, and yeah. the thing about Zach is that he has the intangibles. He's a leader. He's a captain. The other thing is that he does make tackles, like you said. I mean, that guy yeah. is all over the yeah. football. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. He's, he's, he's around the ball. He's yep. around the ball. Yeah. Hey, guys, thanks for taking you my call. All right, Lynn. We'll, we'll talk again. Appreciate Go the Giants. phone call. Yep. Go. Thanks for weighing in. I always picture Lynn, like, when he's on, on with us and he says when he's going to go himself. I figured that Len's got to like go mow the lawn or something. He's well, like, you know, after he sits in the rocking chair talking out on the to porch, us, yeah. now it's time We've to heard that door close, close before, by the yeah. way, up and down. So, <laughs> no, always good points. Always very good points, Len. Thank you. Well, and just a quick side note, he brought up A.J. McCarron. McCarron, remember, started in a playoff game when Andy Dalton got hurt a few years ago for Cincinnati, and they nearly won that game if it wasn't for Avantes' perfect penalty, if you remember, when he hit Antonio Brown. He gets penalties, that guy? Yeah, the last time I checked, I think he does get a penalty, and he's still getting a penalty. And by the way, he's now on the Oakland Raiders. And <laughs> he's going to get more penalties. He'll get more penalties. But yeah. anyway, getting back to the point. So McCarron, to me, it's just it's the perfect example of, in the NFL, it's all about timing. It's all about your situation. And McCarron, unfortunately, was playing behind Andy Dalton. The team was consistently going to the playoffs. And McCarron then was initially a restricted free agent. They awarded him unrestricted free agency. Oh, remember he got caught up in the trade thing, didn't he? He got the Cleveland was going to trade for him, correct? Because Hugh Jackson, who was with him in Cincy, went to Cleveland. <laughs> that didn't come to fruition. So he became a free agent. He signed with Buffalo. And even before Buffalo drafted Josh Allen, I always thought, listen, they'll draft Allen, but McCarron's going to be the guy in place. And what happens? McCarron gets hurt. Allen is Boom. impressive. And Allen takes the starting job, and they ship him off to Oakland. So to me, it's not as if McCarron's not good. It's just, I mean, look at what I just went through. Look at what's happened since he left Cincinnati. It's just, it hasn't been good timing. hasn't been a good situation. Now he's in Houston where, yes, he has Watson ahead of him, but, you know, if maybe that opportunity presents itself where you get a spot start or two, maybe he auditions again for another team that is willing to bring him in to compete for the actual starting job. And it's unfortunate because there's a lot of guys that are the benefactors of good timing, and there's a lot of guys that aren't. And I think that A.J. Yep. McCarron, I think Colt McCoy is another guy that's probably has just had some bad timing that goes around. Um, you, you know, the list goes on for these people. And then you have the guys that are just perfect timing, you know, like they just, it's just falls in place for them. And that's just at any position. It just works. And part of being in the national football league is all about timing. I mean, when I, I, when I made the, I made it as a free agent an undrafted free agent because of the timing. Um, did I, I, I basically, I, I, I was either a little bit better or just as good as the guy the incumbent that was there in new England when I beat him out, but he was making a lot of money. 
And at that time, that was 1988. A lot of money wasn't a lot of money. What in of relative course, speaking? Because of the salary. But cap the fact is, is that I'm talking about timing. They were waiting. They were wanting doing a change in the guard, basically, and um, that's how you kind of make it. And some of these guys get caught in that. That um, that just they make it because of that. It's timing. It's all about timing. Um, the guy gets hurt, and you and he and he gets inserted into the starting lineup, and the next thing you know, he becomes a perennial All Pro. You find it, you see it all the time. These guys that are undrafted and they just get an opportunity to play, and next thing you know, they're 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 all of Fame player. Well, I think Brady's the perfect example. There you right? go. I mean, a late round pick, and Bledsoe gets hurt. That's right. Opportunity came, and yeah, the rest is history. And then so. there's then of course there's the other way around it, and we've 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 saw it. I was on the team when it happened, and it was here when you have you know a, a future Hall of Famer as your quarterback, with a winning record with the Giants, and then it's replaced by your number one draft pick. It can happen that way. But yeah. look what Kurt Warner did after that. I mean, went he left and it just yeah. went to a, took the Arizona Cardinals to a Super Bowl. Of all the teams that I would ever think that would go to a Super Bowl, it wouldn't be them. <laughs> No, but I, with Kurt Warner, it was. Yeah, because of the environment, the coaching, the Timing. weapons around him. Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, the opportunity came about. Yeah, I mean, that's what a lot of football is all about, certainly. And funny, because uh, Len brought up Danny Etling. We were talking about the New England Patriots. The reason why he is caught up with Etling, and I remember he made that call that he referenced to me maybe a few months ago. February, he said. In February, okay. Yeah. He's still caught up in that. Do you remember what Danny Etling did this past preseason? Remember when he rolled out and he ran for that very long touchdown against the yeah. Giants, Jeff? Yeah, and plus, and by yeah. the way, it was the fourth preseason game. Correct. When yeah. there was only, I think there was only maybe eight people on the field. <laughs> <laughs> and well, by the way. But Len marked that down. I guarantee you in his notebook, he's got Danny Etling. Well, also. Upside, also rolled out. <laughs> ran for 75 yards. Watch out. And how many, how many first and second team guys ever play in this fourth preseason game anyways? Yeah. In fact, I don't know if you know this, but one year we played the Patriots. It was at at it, at New England. Tom, um, Bill Belichick had the first team and second team, so we had 20, we had forty four guys. They came out on the field before and went through a workout. Every one of them went back into the locker room, and on when they came out for pre pre for pre game, there was only twenty two or something guys left. <laughs> None of them dressed. <laughs> it, it was the craziest thing because we're looking across the field and you see the other guys, you know, they're just dressed in street clothes and, um, you know, workout stuff. But of the course. guys that are dressed for the game, it looked like a peewee team. <laughs> there was only like 30 guys out there. Because he didn't want to risk anybody No one plays. Yeah. So don't put any much credence in a fourth preseason game, the quarterback tearing it up. Well, that's why I've now... <laughs> I'm not putting in bold Kyle Sloter's name, the other quarterback <laughs> that Len brought up. I am not going to watch any other quarterback so closely as I will Kyle Sloter this That's preseason. Funny. Just so that I All can right, see Len. what he does in the fourth preseason game. All right, let's head back to the phone lines and we check in with Charlie in Portland, Maine. Charlie, oh, chuckle. what's happening? Hey, guys. How you doing? We're doing all right. Boy, you, you sound... Uh, you all right, Charlie? Yeah, low yeah, energy. Boy, I mean... Hello, Charlie. Wake up. You're on, you're on the line. Usually, you know, you come out firing. Jeez. Especially hey, when we were talking about Eric hey, Flowers. I know. You would think his ears would peak up. Boy, you guys are, you guys are digging for dirt here. You're trying to get fool's gold. We're talking about backup quarterback. Oh, hey, I, I got... I, I got a question for you, Jeff. You were in the league 22 years. You played for a lot of teams. Who was the best backup quarterback that you played with? Jim McMahon. Who? Jim McMahon. Have you heard of him? Oh, really? When the heck did he play? <laughs> I mean, what team was what team okay. were you on when he played? What? 
hold on a second, Charlie. You're asking me a question, and I'm giving <laughs> you, you an, an answer, answer, and now, now you're what? questioning now my answer. The, the Inquisition. No, I'm Gee, asking you, what, what is... team was that? What team was it? Well, I was. It was. It was actually two teams. It was with the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, when he backed up Randall okay. Cunningham, and then yeah, when yeah. we went to Arizona, he was also on the Cardinals with me there. And uh, that guy, that guy will come in and win you a football game whenever. You know, right. um, he was yeah. at the age, end of his career, but he was a, a, tough guy. a guy that could come in and, and beat you. Um, yeah, he really could. That's just off the top yeah. of my head. I mean, if I went back and looked at all the backups, I would I'd probably find one more. You know, yeah. well, you've been with yeah, enough, I'm sure. Didn't, I just didn't remember that he was, you know, that he played as I remember him in Philadelphia, but I didn't mm-hmm. remember him in Arizona. Yeah. Is there any other yeah. trivia that we can answer you? Uh, look at this. He, he criticizes the topics we're talking about, and now out of the blue, starts asking Jeff random questions about his career. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, okay, Delance, oh. this is you. Oh, wow. I'm honored. Hostetler, who was the best Giants backup quarterback? Besides For how long? Jeff Hostetler. Well, probably Eli Manning. He backed up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And now, now Charlie's going to eliminate that name from the list, right? Hey, that's a good one, Jeff. You're right. You're right. Yeah, that that, that is a good one. Uh, let me see. Let's no, it's a good question. That. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, well, see, I, I, mean, like I think have... right off the top of my head, Hostetter, he's, yeah, I mean, he went to the Super Bowl. Well, that's, yeah, so, exactly. I mean, that's, um, a, that's a no-brainer. I mean, if Paul was here, he'd give you a slew of Giants backup quarterbacks, which, by the way, none of us would even know. We need another hour for uh, (laughs) Paul to get through everybody on his list. I'm I'm looking through the list now. and Well, because visually it helps when you you see perhaps. I think uh, David Carr was a really good backup quarterback. Carr, I think, is a good answer. Yeah, but you know what? Nobody says the guy has to play. It could just be you know that you had confidence. I I, I think that that one is, is certainly a fair response. See, I, I always answer when anybody asks me this about impactful quarterbacks that I think get thrown under the radar, and I know this is not the question you're asking, Kerry Collins, to me, belongs in the conversation because I think what Kerry did for the Giants and the oh, impact yeah. that he had, you he may go down as one of the best free agent signings that the Giants ever made in franchise history. And I once again, I know that's not the question you asked, but as I'm looking through the quarterbacks, every time I see Kerry Collins' name... We, we focus on Eli, we focus on mm-hmm. Kurt Warner, we focus yeah. on some of these other guys. Kerry. Phil I mean, Sims. Yeah, yeah, Phil Sims. But Kerry Collins made a significant impact yeah. for this franchise. That, that's why I said we don't need to draft a quarterback because you can always get one in free agency. Well, like and, and I, don't, I don't disagree with you, Charlie. I, I have always turned to that argument, and I think there is validity behind it. But you can't expect that every year there's going to be somebody out on the market that is of the Kerry Collins fabric. That, to me, is wishful thinking. I mean, think about some years you've had a group of veteran quarterbacks. Like last year, there were a number of veterans out there on the market. And not every year it's going to play out that way. So, you know, you also, it goes back to what Jeff and I were talking about, timing. Sometimes you're looking for a quarterback, the free agent market is attractive, and somebody's out there. Like Kerry Collins happened to be out there when the Giants needed somebody, and Ernie Accorsi brought him in. But hold on, if Kerry, keep in mind, Charlie, if Kerry doesn't have his off-the-field issues, is Kerry Collins on the free agent market? Kerry Collins is probably still with the Carolina Panthers when it's all said and done. So remember, that a lot of that was luck and timing for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, uh, and just to follow up, who is Kerry Collins' backup when we went to the Super Bowl? Oh, well, we have it right here, so it would be uh, 
Um, do you want to say it? No, you can go ahead and say it. Well, you brought it up. Well, it, the, the crazy part about it is I'd have to look if he was there because they don't have the backup listed here. Was it Kent Graham? For the year. Oh, no, Kent Graham was. No, he was. Kerry he, Collins backed up Kent Graham, didn't he? Well, it was. I'm looking at the roster. See, Jesse Palmer was not on the roster then. In, All right, who was it? I'm looking. I just want to confirm before we get. Do you the know answer. who it is? I stumped. No, I don't. Oh, you don't. Wait a minute. Hold on. No, he's asking he, a question. But he asked the question, and he doesn't even know who. It was. No, he he he's going come. He's <laughs> oh, coming to no, us for no, information. But, that, but that, that's a Why typical. That is a typical Charlie question where he asks us. And he I doesn't even know that. you guys. No, you I didn't stump us. I, I think you basically brought up something else that we could talk about because clearly you want to direct the ship right now. And the answer is <laughs> Jason Garrett was the backup quarterback to Kerry Collins. Jason there Garrett. There you go. The okay. Cowboys, so you happy? Right. He was. See? Unbelievable. It, it, it is remarkable. And then, then, he drew, and then he backed up Kerry Collins. You're talking yeah. about? Yeah. 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 That's exactly how it worked out. Okay, I'm sorry. Wow. I, I I didn't mean that exactly. I was because listen, I was here in '03 when Kerry Collins and Jason Garrett were the quarterbacks, so I should have known that. By the way, well, listen, it's a lot that's happened. I'm not going to fault you of anything. The blame's on Charlie no for question. asking a question <laughs> that he didn't know the answer to, and, and 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 as if he's going out of his way to give us more content to talk about, as if we seem lost today <laughs> and we didn't have enough to delve into. Well, hey, look, and, one, before, one last thing. Oh, I, I can't have, wait. Yeah, when, when you have John Jerry, Eric Flowers, Hart in Newhouse making teams, you cannot tell me that Will Beatty can't play in this oh league. Oh, my God. I'll leave it to so Charlie to find the way. Well, you know what? I was actually going to finish your sentence, and we'll let you go on that note, Charlie. I'm so glad we got a Will Beatty reference in out of you. But Blue Kickoff Live is not complete unless we get a Will Beatty statement from him. I actually think what's telling about what Charlie just said, Jeff, is <laughs> the indication, and once again, this is about putting things in perspective, about how hard it is to find quality starting offensive linemen in today's NFL. Mm -hmm. That's, to me, what Charlie should have said at the end of his sentence when he was going over how there's been a few guys with the Giants who have moved around team to team and still getting opportunities. That is the perfect example of how challenging it is for teams to find starters. And also, if the Redskins are contemplating starting Eric Flowers Forget left tackle at a completely new position. It's another indication, Jeff, oh, of yeah, how of difficult it is to find starting offensive linemen. No question. You hit the nail on the head. When you have a guy that's a first-round draft pick playing left tackle for an organization for five years, and then next thing you know, he's now gonna they're going to put him at left guard. For That just goes to show you there is it's very difficult to find these guys. There really is. And yeah. when you do find them, they go in the first round, and they're good. I mean, uh, there's some busts here and there, which, you know, Eric Flowers was a bust. Um, but listen, now that the, this, <laughs> the Redskins are going to try to resurrect his career and put him inside. Maybe it works. Well, for him, as you said earlier, he's coming down to his last opportunity. Dude, this so, is it. I mean, and he should have all the motivation in the world to go out there if they indeed, if they indeed, excuse me, that's an interesting word, indeed. Give him the job, and he wins the competition because Flowers certainly is running out of options. Let's head to Twitter before we wrap up the program. You could also maybe try to give us a ring. We may be able to squeeze you in at 201-939-4513, but a lot of activity on Twitter that I want to get to. A.J. Marshall, A.J. Marshall 3. The NFC East backup quarterback on the depth charts 
are unproven, except for the Redskins. They have Colt McCoy, who started games before. And, and that was what you that and I were we talking did. about earlier, yep. Jeff. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that is a, a very solid statement that you're right. Just about every team has unproven commodities, with the exception of Colt McCoy, who at least has been there and done that. Nate Sudfeld's been in the NFL, but he hasn't had any opportunities. Actually, I'm just going to confirm that. I don't believe, I wonder how many games... Nate Sudfeld has actually appeared in Jeff. Well, you know, Alex Tanney is, is the backup quarterback. That's true. So. Tanney belongs to that conversation, but Colt McCoy's got a lot more starting experience than yeah. Alex Tanney has had, yeah. if you even want to throw Alex Tanney into the conversation. Okay, so Nate Sudfeld appeared in one game in 2017 for the Eagles, 19 of 23, impressive performance, 134 yards, completed 83% of his passes. And then last season, he appeared in two games, and this was like garbage time, where he completed one of two pass attempts Hands for it off. 22 yards and a touchdown. Well, he, he did throw a touchdown pass, so he did throw it. So uh, kudos to him with respect to that. But, yeah, Nate Sudfeld's not anywhere near where Colt McCoy is if you want to go down that road. So, yeah, the, the Redskins, they may have some question marks, but they by far have the best experienced quarterback yep. playing behind Correct. their starter right now. And here's something related to what we were talking about. At Alex with 17 million X's, Wilson's, and 17 million N's. Eric Flowers still starting at left tackle in the NFL only shows the lack of offensive line talent across the league. Correct. And 100%. I think that we would echo those sentiments, which we said a few moments ago. There's no doubt about it. On the backup quarterback discussion, Fritz Jean at Oceanville. Eagles had Don McPherson and Randall Cunningham. He wanted to point out with respect to the Eagles, their depth chart at one point. Mm -hmm. And Clayton at Clayton Harden throws out Norm Sneed when we were talking about best Giants backup quarterbacks after Kerry Collins, of course. So that's one other name that if you really want to go back into the archives, you can certainly throw that into Way the back. conversation. Yes. And, you know, when you look at the history of teams, it's always interesting. And, you know, Norm Sneed, we're talking about 1974. Uh that would be that time frame. It, it's and and you know that was during the time where the Giants didn't necessarily have, you know, great consistent answers across the board with respect to the roster. It, it's a tough position. It's a tough position to play backup quarterback because you got to stay ready, Jeff. You got to find ways to stay motivated, and that's why it's such an undervalued and underappreciated position. I would say. Well, first of all, it's a tough position to play. And then when you're not getting reps with the number one team and you all of a sudden now you're put in a game, you're expected to know the offense, but you're also expected to execute the offense, which means yeah. go win the game. Um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, you're you're better off having a guy that knows your system and has been in it, but has been in some games before. It's been in the fire to be able to go out there and try to win yourself a game. It's a lot to ask a guy like, so what's his name? Saderman? What's his name? The guy from Cleve, uh, from the backup, from New England. No, the, the, Brian Hoyer is the backup. No, no, no. I'm I sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, which team we, are we talking we, about? We, yeah, we're gonna go Flip back flop. there. Which uh, Len, just tell me the Len's team. Guy. Len. Oh, Danny Etling, who's a little bit lower on the depth chart. You talk about. Yeah. To have him come in the game and expect him to go win, and then next week go win is a pretty. Funny. <laughs> yeah, he takes no <laughs> reps during the week. Yeah, Danny, just go in there. So my my point is that it, this is goes to show you. You're right. It's it's very difficult to find these backup, and it and it's it it's it, it's not talked about enough as how how hard it is to be able to get those guys. And there isn't across the league that many guys that can come in and do what we're talking about. 
Well, and that's why what you just laid out, how many times has Pat Shermer said to those of us who cover the team, the reason why I like a backup quarterback who's a veteran is because he can go in a week with limited reps, Jeff. You could throw him out there and he could still perform. That's why having Alex Tanney on the roster was beneficial. Now, that conversation is something that's going to be interesting to watch. How much progress does Daniel Jones make with the offense, with the comfort level that if they feel they wanted Daniel Jones to be the backup, he could get away, Jeff, with very limited I'll give you one quick example. And it just happened last year at the quarterback position. A young guy, not any experience, expecting to come in and start and play a game. Not start, but get into a game. Kalaletta was a yeah. disaster. I mean, there you go. I mean, and now would, would he have done better the next week? Probably a little bit better, but still it would have reps, been yeah. it would be more reps and things. Kalaletta never threw a ball to a first-team first guy, anyone. No, they the put him season. in because it was a blowout against exactly. Washington. Yeah. There you go. No, I think that's a great example. And, and that's more of a reason why Pat Shermer values the veteran backup quarterback. So for those of you who are speculating and saying if Daniel Jones is not the backup number two week one, that's a complete disappointment. No, it may be that for week one, they just want a more experienced backup. And then as the season progresses, they feel he can get away with limited reps and go into a game, God forbid, under the circumstances. It's also a little bit unfair for Kyle Alada to think that, you know, that, that unfortunately that was his, his, his kind of sample of work. Unfortunately, people are looking at him like, you can't play anymore, you know, but that's, that's, well, and, tough. and those are people who I think don't understand context and we're not right. here sitting and making excuses and telling no. you what's going to become of him. But if you evaluate a quarterback who literally has one game of action, at least tell me what the circumstances were in which he got into the game mm-hmm. before you just run away with narratives and so forth. Context right. is certainly important no matter the conversation. So that is going to wrap things up for us here on Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Thank you for sending in your tweets. Thanks for the phone calls. We'll try to interact with those of those tweets that we did not address off the air. Big Blue Kickoff Live up and running again tomorrow at noon Eastern where we'll carry on the conversation. And just for Charlie, we'll be taking recommendations for tomorrow's show. Whether or not we'll put substance behind them, that's a whole other story. (laughs) For Jeff Eagles, I'm Lance Meadow. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday and always stay locked to Giants.com. Have a good one.